Hello, you're listening to Tate, T-A-I-T, which is talking about immersive theatre. I'm Dr Joanna Bucknell and I'm a theatre scholar and an immersive theatre performance maker. I want to wish a warm welcome to all, whether you are tuning in for the first time or are on your way to becoming an avid immersiveite. So what is Tate all about? Tate is about me getting out and talking to the people who make this kind of work in their own environments. So I'm talking to directors, producers, performers, set designers and dramaturgs. Basically anyone who is involved in immersive theatre who's willing to chat to me about the things that they do. Um, I guess there's just a little side note I wanted to draw your attention to and that is I always go and meet them in the places where they make their work. Sometimes that means we're recording the interview in the bar at the theatre, uh, backstage or uh, in a dressing room. This means the sound quality can uh, vary and I apologise for that but I'm hoping you'll forgive me because in exchange for sometimes not great quality you'll be getting a real sense of the atmosphere that these people are making that work in which is sometimes a secret location which is quite exciting. Uh, The other little thing I wanted to mention is I am a theatre scholar and I will try really really hard not to use too much scholarly jargon or terminology but sometimes I forget myself and when I get talking Um, I use lots of words that I think lots of people might not understand. If that is the case and I use anything which you'd like to be explained, drop me a message or leave me a comment in the feed on any of like SoundCloud, iTunes, any of those. And I'll do a minisode and I'll address some of those things as I go along, just so that everybody has the chance to understand what it is that I might be talking about. Right, I'm going to stop talking now and let you get on and listen to the second interview. All right, then let's get to it. Okay, so um, welcome Immersiveites listening. Uh, I'm here in the newly refurbished dressing rooms of the new Theatre Royal in Portsmouth uh, with some of the cast from Les Enfants Terribles, immersive show, Alice's Adventures Underground. Uh, could I ask you both to introduce yourselves, tell us who you are and what your role is within Les Enfants Terribles? I don't mind who goes first. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Alice Bounce. Um, yeah, my role in Alice was I was on the puppetry track, so I played the cat, um, Humpty Dumpty, and the caterpillar. Great. And uh, and I'm James Kenningale, and I was uh, the ra- the white rabbit, the king of hearts, and the dormouse. Great. On that track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what do you think is unique about what Leon Fonts do specifically about your work? What do you think? Well, the general work. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that show. Well, I suppose um, it's mostly family focused. Would you say, and imaginative, or they're um, great storytellers, aren't they? Yeah. It's always based on a great story. All mm-hmm. their pieces. That's, that's nice. That's where they start off from. I think there's a, obviously a very strong aesthetic through yeah. line with Les Enfants. You can recognise a show that Les Enfants have done. They yeah. all they all have. There's things, elements of other shows you can see within their other shows, like the show that we're in at the moment, The Menagerie, mm. you can see hints of their other shows, you can mm-hmm. always recognise a Les Enfants show that's yeah. both in the style, in the performance, and the visual aesthetic, mm-hmm. and the script writing as well, Yes, Ollie and Anthony write a lot of the scripts. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's pretty good, I think that sums it up pretty well. I think the the website captures that quite well too, doesn't it? There's that kind of really distinct and really clear aesthetic that comes through. And I first saw a show, and I can't remember what it was called because it was a long time ago, uh, 
in Brighton. It must have been in either 2006 or 2007. Mm -hmm. So that's when I first came across right. the company. And then obviously I've kind of been watching the work ever since and I went to Alice uh, last year as well, mm -hmm. twice. Twice, <laughs> yeah. you do both. Um, no, I didn't manage to. I managed to, when I went the second time, end up doing the same as I did oh, right. the first time. Which Schoolboy error. Chance. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's what I was going to ask, really, is um, I went uh, last year, but some of the people who might be listening might not have been or might mm. not know a great deal about the show. So could you tell us just a little bit about Alice and mm -hmm. uh, what it was like and what it was about and what the experience was like of going? So the, oh. the idea for Alice was more that for the audience member you almost took the place of Alice rather than mm. watching Alice go on an adventure it was the idea that you would go down the rabbit yeah. hole yourself looking for Alice yeah and you would experience Wonderland as if it was your first time yeah. going round rather mm -hmm. than something that you're just watching someone else have an experience um, they wanted yeah. people to have different journeys as well mm -hmm. rather than um, like some immersive theatre where you sort of wander you're around free, and you find yeah. your own adventure this was very much more a guided journey where you had certain choices yeah, yeah. so it was much more organized yeah and you had different you could eat or drink at the beginning you went in small groups about 52 yeah 52 how, how many cards are in a pack 50 52 split down into four groups yeah so it was eat and you could eat or drink and that's yeah. you two ways okay and then you'd be given you'd be split into hearts or diamonds or clubs or spades yeah and there were two um, sort of the red the red side the hearts and diamonds that was the side the royalists on the side of the queen yeah so you were having a very different story that's that's the you experience the I had on yeah. both both times yeah yeah, yeah and, and the undersuits the, the black suits yeah the yeah. undersuits they were more the revolutionaries sort of in opposition to the red queen trying mm -hmm. to underthrow her with so you, yeah on one side you'd be sort of painting the roses or like helping with the queen's birthday on the on the black side you'd be well, plotting. Trying, plotting, yeah, yeah. submissions and more sort of spy. Yeah, and at the end it all came together in the court, I suppose, and hopefully the whole... Yeah. and the tea party. Picture, and the tea party, yeah, just which is what party. everybody did, you know, everybody did those two. Mm -hmm. But else... So every different. suit had different... Uh, there were different scenes that were specific for each suit. Yeah. yeah. So if you were to go again and choose a different path, you'd see different scenes. And obviously as actors we were all rotating, so even if you went the same way you'd never have the same show twice. Yeah. Because other actors would be taking each yeah. of the roles and everyone played it differently. So mm -hmm. there were, every time you came you'd have a different journey. But yeah, there were scenes very specific for each each suit, so each suit would have a different mission. Okay, yeah, I've still got my cards as well. Because yeah. I, I always I love that, I love it when I get something to take away after I've been to one. They're nice as well, they're quite cool. They are really nice. Well, well designed. They're quality item. Yes. They are. I've still <laughs> got it in my purse, I think. <laughs> I've got a box full of all kinds of stuff that I've kind of collected or been given when I've yeah, been nice. to something immersive or something that I've had to participate in. So I've got the card, I've got things from other shows as well. So I'm a bit of a hoarder, I like to keep everything. But I, I like it because it gives me access to those things again. So mm -hmm. having those material objects sometimes mm. is a really nice way of kind of accessing the memories of the shows again in certain suits you got a badge as well didn't you yeah if you went certain ways you got oh, a little badge oh, sometimes you'll be walking around Waterloo and you'll see someone on the train yeah. and I've got like a little raven pin or the or the queen oh, of hearts pin yeah. you're like oh know yeah. where they've been <laughs> yeah yeah hipsters with all on their backpacks and they loved it yeah they? I collect badges as well and I definitely didn't get one of those so next time no, I'll make sure like, oh next time I'll have yeah. to come and I think when they when they bring it back because they are going there are plans to I think yes. we, um uh, they'll have learnt a lot from what we just went through because it yeah. was there were a lot of 
Um, it was very much a sort of learnt on the on the on the job because I think it was Les Enfants' first immersive theatre show of that scale. Yeah, of that yeah. sort of scale. So, what you saw um, will be slightly different if and when they do it again and improve. Absolutely, it's um, it's something I was going to talk about a little bit later as well. Is that um. This kind of work is so difficult to rehearse mm. in that kind of well, traditional. Was impossible, yeah. Changes, yeah. <laughs> things that we, yeah, things that we thought would work, would work, and obviously work when you're practicing with other actors. Yeah, exactly. After yeah. the first night, you're like, okay, back to the drawing board. Like, we have to change this. Things that, yeah, just because the whole thing was so regimented with time, mm-hmm. because people were entering every yeah. fifteen minutes, yes. so people had to be in a certain place, and whether they were there or not, the scene was going to start because the whole. Yes. thing the whole uh, the sound and the lights all run on a time code yeah. so if your audience were there or not the lights are going to come up and you're supposed to do a scene if they're not there and we realise <laughs> that obviously people move a lot slower than you think they're going to move they so do. once we had big groups we realised yeah we just had to really change things up and mm-hmm. work it's a, yeah. it's, a particular, it's a particular skill for acting I suppose um, it's a le- to learn because the onus is so much on the on the audience member to to interact with if yeah. If, if you've got a limited amount of time and you're trying to get the story out and they're not going for it, then you really are fighting a, a losing battle. But you know that you've got three minutes to impart this quite important piece of plot. <laughs> Crucial <laughs> information. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so as an actor, it's a weird sort of discrepancy between being in the moment mm-hmm. as far as you can and also trying to be very, very conscious of time. Yeah. Which, the card guards had quite a hard job. The The... The supernumeraries, that, like the tour guide, that almost got, they were dressed as cards and they, right. they took groups from one place to another, obviously trying to get people to places on time for you to do your scene, but also making that journey fun and part of the journey rather yeah. than just like, quickly now. Come <laughs> yeah. on now, you're going to spoil it for everything else. Yeah. Well, I saw yeah. that night because there were times when it was like that, you know, when we were running behind. Yeah. So it was tough. It is difficult, isn't it? Especially specifically with the way that that show was organised in terms of time. Because, for mm. example, in other spaces, you, they kind Free. of let you in and you do what you want, and then eventually yeah. they kick you out. <laughs> and space is at a premium with us as well because yes. there's a lot of very tight corridors and tunnels. Yeah. Well, as opposed to something like Punch Drunk, as you say, you've just got a huge, huge warehouse, place, warehouse yeah. just to wander around. Yeah. It's interesting, actually, because the first time I saw Punch Drunk's work was Mask of the Red Death at oh, yeah. the Arts Centre. And um, I managed to not see any of these scenes at all I don't know how I managed to do that and then when I came out and was chatting to people they were like oh there was this amazing scene here and there I was like I missed like literally all of that I don't know how I managed to do that so I, I had a very different experience I felt like that was a drowned man I just like mm. I saw so much great stuff but when you came out I just felt like I'd missed loads I had real fear yeah. of missing out I was like oh but what if I miss the really good bits like yeah. you just don't know do you what you've seen yeah and that was a good thing about Alice yes. was that it, obviously it's wonderful to wonder and have your own experience but with Alice you felt like you got taken to all the places and you got to see everything yes. you needed to see yes. you didn't miss anything you got no. everyone got the equal amount of scenes even they got so at the end it would be interesting because you'd meet up with people that hadn't seen the same yeah. things and you could talk about it but that would be an exciting thing because you'd seen something they hadn't seen rather than you've just missed it yes you were in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah. everyone's seen different things and you got to see those different perspectives sometimes so you'd see someone else involved like when I was looking through at the uh, oh, yeah, the, tarts. the tarts and I was just I really enjoyed being able to kind of pick, spy, spy on some of the people's experience. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was really nice. But I didn't feel at any point that I'd kind of missed out like I potentially have at other uh, pieces yeah. of work. Yeah, interesting. Which is quite nice. Let me just check my badge. Okay, I've got one bar, so. Um, so we've talked about this uh, a little bit already, but 
what's the process that you go through of uh, preparing your kind of characters or the work that you do as an actor for this kind of work? Is it different to how you would potentially prepare a character where you wouldn't have to engage with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. A bit, yeah, and obviously we, because we had more than one character as well, there was a lot of, we had to work on each one. We actually started off in the rails press, we did a lot, listened to music quite a lot and tried to find, cause really, it was quite an open book, like the Cheshire mm. Cat, for example, didn't have to be the Cheshire Cat of Disney, like, you know, the Disney Cheshire Cat or the typical yeah. one, and finding, it, you know, it could be anything, people mm. finding, but then obviously, of course, you've got four, four or five people playing the same role, so they all have to find something, yeah, yeah, you have to all yeah. agree on something and yeah. find, find a thing, something that you're all happy with. That's right, and with the rabbit, for example, an audience would go through and could potentially see two different actors playing the rabbit on the same night. Okay. Um, not so one at the beginning, one at the end. Yeah, because yeah. obviously we try and get around, but there were six actors playing the rabbit, and there were three on every night. Because wow. there were so many people coming through, as Bounce said, to be at the beginning, at the end, and the tea party in the court, they were, we were alternating constantly. But mm -hmm. it, it sort of had to feel a little bit like we were we were the same actor, so they didn't know any difference between us. Yes. So we <laughs> all had to find There was one actor who was doing absolutely fabulous... Um, <laughs> was it a, a Jamaican... Um, a Jamaican yeah. white rabbit and it was brilliant oh. we were like this is really good in rehearsals and then when it worked out that actually you're going to be on at the same time and the other actors looked a bit worried you yeah. like, might have to lose the Jamaican white rabbit even though he's brilliant <laughs> yes yeah. it's difficult to pull off if you're not him yeah. I don't think I can really pull off a Jamaican white rabbit yeah of course it's because of the multi-rolling isn't it which I think yeah. then is almost an added challenge on top of having to face-to-face -face deal with mm. audience and the way audience might behave. Um, I'm a practitioner myself and I do work that engages the audience and it's really hard to rehearse because you're like, well, whenever I get people in to kind of be mock audience, they're either performers or other academics, mm. so they behave in ways that you yeah. potentially... Expect them to. <laughs> expected them to. Yeah. And especially the students, well, they're so enthusiastic and they're like, they love it, so they'll just behave how you expect them to. Mm. So how do you... Oh, what kind of strategies do you have oh. for being able to account for potentially anything that might happen. We've had some strange, spaces. strange experiences. The worst thing was that, um, I think it was one of the first opening nights, press nights, or when it was a bit cheaper, yeah, the press nights, right at the beginning, the previews, and um, a, a group of quite drunk youths came, <laughs> oh, no. and one of them tried to, like, got into the lake with the mock turtle and tried to swim towards the mock turtle. Yeah. Oh, and it's no. like, it's not very pleasant water. I wouldn't swim in it. Like, oh, I wouldn't go anywhere near like, it. Yeah. No. Like, none of the actors, like, got in without waders. <laughs> so, I don't, but, yeah, we have, oh. that, I mean, I don't really know what you can do about that. That was a bit out there. We've but. had some strange ones. People coming through on in various states of inebriation, uh -huh. you know, of all, all manner of causes as well. Or oh, people who... who had signed up for it and not realised that it would be so interactive. We had that quite a bit. People who just didn't want to interact. Really? Yeah, quite a lot. Especially mm. at the tea party. People with people on their phones or people who just didn't wouldn't make eye contact. Wow, that was yeah. my favourite part. I love the tea party. And I'm a huge Alice fan as well. So for me, I was just in my element. I absolutely loved it. But mostly, <laughs> by and large, people, once they realised what it was. You know. I think the problem is... Probably my problem was not people not interacting because the scene will go on whether they interact or not. When because it wasn't so much you know obviously if you pick someone for one on ones or people that were picked for missions, it would pe be people that were quite up for it. Yeah. So like <laughs> that you especially you know they singled out for these things. So by and large, if people weren't interacting, the scene would go on. 
they might I think they'd get less out of it but it you know you can keep going it was more the people that interacted perhaps too much yeah. which is oh, the problem yeah, you know the other way. Um, sort yeah, of drunk shouting over. out as you're Humpty Dumpty and you're a tiny little egg on the wall <laughs> and you're quite defenceless mm. or like when oh well, hum, when Humpty'd fallen off the wall and he's a tiny little egg on the floor I like big drunk hands coming towards your face and it's literally just, all you've got is your face because oh, you're behind no. the wall and you're like <laughs> big drunk hands coming to like take the egg off your head like no no stay yeah. back stay what back <laughs> yeah and as the rabbit you used to get grabbed quite a bit yeah because obviously we were all quite, we were all quite Those, small they got the you got uh, got the butt butt pinched. Yeah, the, the, yeah you, you get your bum pinched by, by wow. women. Oh, your ears grabbed by blokes. Because <laughs> our ears moved, you see. You could move our yes, ears yeah. you know, with, a, with a little trigger. So, I, you know, you put them up and then some bloke would just grab your ears and yank you back like that. But by and large, wow. uh, this was the early days, by and large, once we got into a habit, once we developed ways of dealing with audiences, large audiences, yeah. um, it became fun. You, you, you learnt where to stand and how to say things. You mm-hmm. learnt on the job how to perform to that many people yeah to manage that amount of people every day yeah you know and that just took a bit of time which is I suppose answers your question of what you can rehearse you can rehearse your character but it'll change it'll change completely yeah of course you know because you want to be likeable or you or do you know what I mean you want people to feel they can talk to you so you've got to soften your character anyway Mm -hmm. you know you can't be defensive with it yeah I think the, the main thing as well is like just to take it on the chin and just plow on yeah because there would be obviously I think the reason we got people that might not have been as experienced theatre goers is because it's a big year for Alice and Alice is quite almost a mainstream subject course, matter. Yes. Something like a drowned man isn't going to get Tom Dick and Harry off the street. It's going to be people no. that are interested in immersive theatre, sort mm-hmm. of people that know what that is and what they're expecting. Because I think because it was Alice, I think people and it was people, people came for their hen parties and all yes. sorts of weren't quite, oh, okay. weren't quite. I don't know if they didn't expect. Yeah, I think they didn't quite know Completely. it was going to be an immersive, interactive theatre experience so that's why I think some people were a bit taken aback Mm. and perhaps didn't interact in the way that you do expect with a most theatre because they weren't typical theatre goers that would go to that sort of thing yeah but it has to be said uh, that that's that's really true but I think a lot of people that initially were sceptical when they came out were were quite turned on to the idea of immersive theatre. Oh yeah, I think they loved it. They mm-hmm. just didn't really know what they were they coming exactly to. So people to, yeah. didn't quite know how to... Well, yeah. I found that it was quite... Because I, I, I research it, so I go to see pretty much anything I can kind of get to <laughs> that it had, includes the audience in any way. And I actually found that that was quite accessible in terms of if you weren't necessarily an experienced immersive theatre goer. Yeah, because it's led. You because guided, you're guided yeah. through and because you can't in a way sort of make too many mistakes as an no, audience. No, yeah, that's a lot of people said that they felt looked after. Yeah. Like you didn't, yeah. whereas some, you sort of feel like you're just left to your own devices and you're not sure what to do. In this show, you very much are looked after, taken around. You have a guide who's your friend who takes you to all the different places. Yeah. Everything's explained to you. And, yeah, it's all sort of, you can, you know, you have, there's room for play and there's room to choose a, a couple of things, but not yeah. to, you're not left. No, out. putting the pieces together. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> Which can happen in some work. So I think in terms of that, I think it's been a big success in in the fact that it's made the form potentially more accessible Mm -hmm. to an audience that probably wouldn't come, say, to a drowned man or come to be washed by Adrian House, for example, at the BAC. It's a very different kind of audience, I think, that's been coming to the show. It's marketed as like a really nice evening out as well. You know, Mm. we had had cocktail bars, we had like... 
lovely cocktails at the tea party. Mm-hmm. There was live music at the yeah. weekends. In the they had a big bar. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was a it was experience. like a fun experience night. Yeah. Like the whole you could mm-hmm. you know spend the entire evening there and have a really great night. And out. people did because we also put in bar characters as well. Yes. Yeah. So when they were they finished the show, they could still talk, and that that was quite successful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was stuff going on when you got out. There was an aerial. Yeah. Aerialist yeah. and, and the flamingo croquet and stuff and I think pies. The, and <laughs> pies. Really good pies. Really great pies. The liminal <laughs> spaces, again, um, that happen before and after some of these works that kind of invite you in into the world are quite important. So I loved being able to go into kind of that seating area, which kind of like had the feel of like an at old the start. at the start of an old theatre and then coming out into the bar, I really felt that I was kind of transitioned mm-hmm. gently and in a caring way into this kind of environment and then not just kind of, because some of them can be really abrupt, you're kind of I in and out, that's <laughs> like, bye, go now, mm-hmm. and you're left late at night in a strange place, and I didn't kind of have a sense of that. Yeah, there's no, there's no time limit, is there? You can stay as long or as little as you like. And... Yeah, which I really enjoyed. So you mentioned earlier that it was this kind of one of the first sort of uh, moves into immersive work for Les Enfants. Why do you think this story was such a great way... Of, of making that move into immersive theatre, why, why make everyone get out their seats for this show? Do you think? Well, for Alice. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Um, it's that it's that thing of wanting to experience Wonderland. Yeah. And you wouldn't sit still in Wonderland, would you? No. And Alice obviously goes a walking on a big adventure and yeah. goes into all these different spaces mm-hmm. and has all these different experiences. And um, Sam, the designer, and the team managed to make. Every like when you see the vaults now, it's oh, a shell, yeah. isn't it? Like so it looks crazy. Yeah. Um, and, but he made these space. You know, you go. He they made rooms that made you feel really tiny, and rooms that made you feel really mm-hmm. small, and lots of different um, vibes and atmospheres. It was really cozy, like the shisha lounge with the caterpillar, and yeah. they had oh, the, know, the mock turtle room was was so was the so, lake and the yeah. rain and beautiful. the cat crazy. room was furry. You know, each room yeah really sensory exp- yeah sensory you really experience all yeah. these different places, and each room really suits the character. So I think it just wouldn't have worked the same. Just no, and I think Alice lends itself to it because, as you said earlier, there's a familiarity with the subject. Yeah. If we'd chosen to bring another storybook to life, people would be a little bit unsure, perhaps, when yeah. they experience it. Everyone knows what to expect. Mm-hmm. So then the challenge was to either subvert that expectation or uh-huh. to to exceed it. You know, and there's there's that sort of common ground for them mm-hmm. to to experience. That, I think that's why it's so attractive as a prospect. You know? Yes. You yeah. always want to bring something to life that people have an awareness of already. It makes the job slightly easier. I yes. think. And it's fun for people because obviously there's the characters that have been that are included in the Disney versions mm. that everyone expects. And then there's mm. the other characters, the Dodo, Bill, the Lizard, the characters Nat. that people that were more that were fans of, Alec, the, you know, people that read the book the and big, big, yeah. big fans. Exactly. There's stuff for them as well. So there was different levels of it. We got a lot of that, didn't we? Fans, big big fans of the book coming through and actually I'm picking up on more the more subtle things yeah. yeah yeah that's what I enjoyed I thought there were a lot of kind of small things that gave me a lot of pleasure and I think okay. sometimes an audience needs I mean I've done a lot of, I did my PhD on this kind of work and I did practice as research and one of the things I found initially was that the more freedom that I gave people the more they froze up and just didn't know what to do mm-hmm. and actually I found that if you give them a thread or something familiar or at least something they can just grab hold of actually they have a better time and they seem to have more of a sense of what to do so I think such a well-known story and such we all know Wonderland in one form or another and I think that gives you a route in of certain expectations and I think mm-hmm. that helps sometimes rather than other spaces sometimes you enter them and you're like I, 
I don't recognise this, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, and I think actually that causes more anxiety, but I think the way that we know Wonderland and the way that we got taken in, I think it strips back some of the anxiety that can come yeah, with certainly. that. Um, are there, can you remember any, you've already talked about a couple of them, but is there anything um, in the last run of it that really kind of stuck out for you and really made you think, oh, I'm so glad I did this, or a moment that you had with an audience that you were like, oh, this is lovely? <laughs> um, yeah, well... I suppose when it when it works, it's the best theatre ever, because mm. um, there's no um, there's no fourth wall or anything. You know, you're completely yeah. talking direct address to to an audience. When you because we had groups of thirteen people, you know, in each suit, so you you're very very in, in rooms the same size as we are in now. Yeah, of talking as close as we are, and and we were actually listening to you, and then you're actually having a relationship mm-hmm. going on. Then that's very satisfying. So when it works, it's the best sort of theatre ever because you can be completely truthful and there's you know there's a, there's a wonderful feeling of people listening to you. But mm. uh, on the flip side, of course, when they're not listening to you, it's the most difficult theatre because you've yeah. just got to plough on and look yeah. right into their eyes and look right, <laughs> yeah. look right into their eyes. Yeah, you know, and you can't look at, most of the time. You can't most of the rooms we were on our own, weren't yeah. we? Mm-hmm. Apart from say the tea party in the court and yeah. some of the cats, but you know you you can't look to your other actor for backup. No, there's nowhere to hide, isn't no. there, at all. You're there, You're present there. in front of them. and they it's can very exposing. Reach certainly. out and touch you. <laughs> as they, yes, they did, yeah. I think I'd agree, like, I think as Humpty, because I really loved Humpty, um, when when you do have just a group, and very, very close, because on his, uh, I don't know if I should say it, but on his, on his falling off the wall scene, and they're really <laughs> gathered around, so they're very close. And when you're doing your egg jokes... Which were excellent. They're all, and people are really laughing. You're like, I am so funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, yeah, like you say, so small and intimate, and they're all laughing, and it's one on one, which you wouldn't get a lot of theatre pieces, no. would you, where you, you know, a lot of plays, you wouldn't be just you entertain, you know, even yeah. though it's a short scene, you know, it's just, yeah, you it's just you and the audience, and you're holding it. So, yeah, it was really great. And also the finale, because that was oh, yes. a great moment when. All the cast came together. We played the unbirthday song, and get we'd be like grabbing, the audience, stars. grabbing the audience and dancing with them. And it was very, very joyous. And the whole bar's dancing. Yeah. It's like oh, we did something good. And I think in theatre normally you don't get such immediate response, do you, to your work? Mm. So if you're doing a play, you know, and it's, it's sometimes it's quite hard to, to know how it's going. Yes. Unless they're <laughs> laughing or booing. It's hard to judge how much someone's enjoying your show. You know, of course. Unless they're all the way up there. But with Alice, you know, you, you got straight away, whether they liked it or not. Yeah. And again, that was a double edged sword. Because, but it becomes kind of feedback loop, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then you play loop. to it or you, you know, you just try and deal with it. It's really good people management, I will say that. And, mm-hmm. and reading an audience, that gets a lot better quite quickly. Yes. And, <laughs> all, and you know, just knowing how to, how to play. Like in that sort of space mm. to, to to so many people. Do another egg joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like it's such a different discipline. Yes. That's why yeah. I'd recommend it for any actor, you know, mm. to do to go through. Mm. It you makes, have to think on your feet oh, and be quick yeah. and. Yeah. And your improv skills get so much better. I mean. <laughs> yes. oh, dear me. <laughs> Even though I was I was very lucky, I never had any um, big catastrophes. Okay. With. Uh, and the, the show stopping right or pausing right at the beginning, beginning of it, like the yeah. first couple of times it ran there was a couple of technical hitches where the show the, it just stopped so everything stops oh no awful and for some reason it, it happened a couple of times and it never happened again so I don't know what oh, okay. I think there was a power cut in Waterloo or something and the oh, whole no. thing went down yeah. and there was an awful moment we were stuck as the cats so there's three of us because it's a 
uh, three-man puppet <laughs> stuck with like you know like sort of thirty people sort of staring at us in the darkness doing like a really strange avant-garde cabaret by torchlight <laughs> which actually went down yeah, the school. School. I have to say they've had their own unique experience there that yeah. they take away no one else the frog border guard made them play wink murder <laughs> yeah she went down really well yeah, a six foot four frog just yeah. talking to them like it's very surreal isn't it that's why you do it that's why, I, that's why I love doing that kind of work and I love going to that kind of work mm. as well because I think you get um, a kind of immediacy out of it that's that you exactly don't right, yeah. get in another form. So what's next for Alice's Adventures Underground? Oh, well... I hear rumours that it's coming back, you see. Well, we hear rumours as well. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, nothing, I don't know anything concrete, I don't know if you do. I don't think I know anything concrete, but I know that they definitely would like to bring it back. Yes. They're looking into places. And, yes, yes. The space, and the, and yeah. the yeah, sort of logistics of doing it all again. Yes, it's Herculean, man. It needs a very specific space. Um, Yes, and the time, and for different space, you have to rewrite the time code, which means you'd have to think about the whole show as a whole. You know, yeah, all the time, all the exits. That was, I mean, when I came into this and I was looking at what they'd achieved, the 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 specific the specific timing of the rooms. It's quite breathtaking that somebody mm. managed to envision that yeah. and to put that and in practice. Yeah, the roots. And the roots. Yeah, yeah. The roots how <laughs> the they people all... didn't bump into each other and they all got... The, I mean, yeah. It was very crazy. slick. Very slick. Um, it makes it very difficult though, doesn't it? This kind of work is difficult to programme. It's difficult to produce. It's difficult to find good venues to get it on at as well. And that, exactly. I think, mm-hmm. is a huge challenge with this kind of work. Um, well, fingers crossed then that um, it does come back. There's certainly a huge public appetite and I know... Um, I teach uh, immersive to my second years, and they keep saying we really only wanted to go to Alice, but it's not on anymore. And I was like, well, as my friend said, yeah, that's like you went six months. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Like right. in it's the last like, two weeks, when it's time. completely sold out, I started getting loads of calls. I was like, it's too late. Yeah, it's like, all <laughs> yeah. gone, absolutely sold out. I'm sure it will come back though, because as you say, it went down very well, it and did. I think it will mm-hmm. come back a, a bit slicker, bigger, and better than ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have yeah. to develop these things as you go, don't you? Because exactly. you have everything, you plan everything you can possibly think to plan for. But then, of course, until you have those interactions, until you actually do the show, you can never sort of develop it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, great. Well, I suppose I need to let you get yourselves organised uh, for your show this afternoon. <laughs> I don't want to kind of hold you up. I've got to run off to London because I've got another interview this afternoon. So oh, I really sure. wanted to come and stay. But you're touring it's a it really around, great aren't show. you? So. Yeah. It's called The Marvellous Imaginary Menagerie. <laughs> and we're on tour throughout the UK for the next couple of months. Yeah, until, until April. Until 10th of April. And it's on the web. All the information's on the website, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a great show. Again, lots of puppets, great yeah. sets, amazing costumes, all by Sam Wire, who did Alice. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. Really? Yeah, well, I've just fantastic. walked through the theatre and watching all the technicians working hard to get it all set for this afternoon, and the set does look stunning. So if you have the time, go on the website, see where they're going to be next. This is coming out about Easter, so you will still be uh, touring this show yeah, by then. Yeah. So please come and see them, and um, also keep an eye open for Alice potentially coming back yeah and Les Enfants all Les Enfants work they'll probably be taking shows up to Edinburgh this year they'll be yeah. doing stuff great they've always got work coming out there's a new a new show a sister to this called Dr Latitude which is based in a hot air balloon oh yeah. lovely be one. that'll be an outdoor piece uh huh um, well, yeah. Yeah, I should keep on. an eye and I'll be tweeting and kind of putting all that on social media thank you so much for taking the time to talk uh, to me that's alright right. it has been lovely thank you very much Pleasure. thank you thank you all so much for listening uh, I hope it was interesting and insightful Uh, Don't forget as well that Alice is actually on sale now. So if you want tickets, 
do go and get them because it sells out ever so quickly. And there is a link through to Leon Font's website from my website as well, which is www.joannabucknell.co.uk. So that's www.joannabucknell.co.uk. Uh, next month, I'm going to be chatting with Bertie Watkins from Colab Theatre at a secret location in London. If you don't want to miss out, make sure you subscribe on either SoundCloud or on YouTube. And please do share with anyone else you think might be interested. Uh, the more the merrier. The last thing is, I would really love to hear your comments and your feedback. So please do comment on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, the website, our Facebook page, or you can even email me directly as well. I would love to hear from you. And like I said right at the beginning, if I use anything that is confusing or that you don't understand, just let me know and I will explain. And in the future, do my best not to use so much terminology and jargon. Anyway, I think it's time that I stop talking, but um, I will either be making a minisode if anybody has any comments. But if you don't have any comments, you'll be hearing me again next month at a secret location in London chatting to Bertie. Do not miss it. All right then, until then, bye-bye. Uh, P.S. Just a little note that everybody should know. Um, this podcast series is edited by a very patient man called Nigel Tuttle, who is my partner in life and also a creative partner of mine. And my beautiful Tate logo was designed by an incredibly talented artist called Kirsty Mills. So you have all been told. Um, and until next month, bye bye.